Hello and welcome to episode 60 of the Reds Unrestricted podcast. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Yeah, my name's Dan Club and I'm going to be your host this week. Um, something slightly different for you this week as it's the old international break. Um, I'm joined as ever by Dave Comerford and Chloe Bloxham. So I'm just going to check in with the guys and girl first. Uh, Chloe, I'll come to you first. How are we doing? Um, a bit bored because it's an international break, uh, but hopefully the lads um, are getting either some kind of rhythm or rest and we'll all be back fit uh, come Watford. Yes, indeed. Yeah, definitely. A much needed rest I'm treating it as because, as we all know, April looks pretty chaotic. So I think make the most of this small break while we can. And Dave, how are we doing? Enjoying internationals? Well, I watched the uh, the Wales game last night and I quite enjoyed that. Obviously, uh, Bale scoring two pretty outrageous finishes. Um, to be honest, I'm kind of welcoming it, though, the break, because like you say, Dan, the schedule looks, you know, the amount of emotional investments and exhaustion after that, I think, is going to be off the scale. So I'm just trying to um, enjoy this break while I can before this um, mad running that we've got coming up. Yeah, exactly that. It, it certainly looks full tilt. Um, pretty much from Watford onwards um, for players and supporters so yeah like I say get the breaking while you can stock up on that emotional energy and then we go from there and um, yeah like I say something slightly different as there's no games to talk about per se from a Liverpool perspective um, we're going to do we're going to return to a feature we had at a similar time last year I believe um, whereby we look at sort of the fringe players of the Liverpool squad Um and ahead of the summer transfer window, we're going to look at where their future may lie and whether we think we should be keeping them for next season and beyond. We should be loaning them out potentially or whether we should be selling entirely and maybe cashing in on some of the lesser seen players in the squad. Um, and we start actually with um, a player who played in that game Dave mentioned last night um, and was actually really impressive in it, in Nico Williams. Um, obviously, he's been loaned out to Fulham for the duration of the second half of the season, essentially. Um, and has also been outstanding there. I think he shipped in with some goals, a sensational goal recently against Swansea. Um, but in terms of Liverpool, obviously he's kind of hampered, in a sense, by the fact that he plays behind Trent Alexander-Arnold in the pecking order, which is simply impossible to get past. So, yeah, what do we make of his future beyond this summer? Um, Chloe, I'll come back to you immediately on this. Um, keep, loan, sell. I'm in the bracket of keeping Nico Williams. I think uh, before he went out on loan, I was very surprised at the fact that we let him go out on loan. Um, because when you think about it, we don't really have cover for Trent. And Trent gets shattered. He's going to need breaks. Um, he's our most creative player. And, you know, running up and down that, that wing as a right back and left back as, as full backs, it just is so much energy every single game um, and I think he, he was finding his feet before he left us on loan and I think he's doing really really well at Fulham I think he's becoming a decent player um, he's getting the rhythm there he's getting the experience and um, it's not the highest level of course but it's still a, a, a fairly decent level um, and as you mentioned Wiles last night he's been doing brilliantly for them as well so for me um, I'm very much in the bracket to keep on Nico Williams. 
Um, there will be times where we need someone. You know, how many times have we seen either Joe Gomez or um, James Milner covering at right back? And I'd rather a, a right back, an actual player whose position is a right back, than someone just filling in um, and doing a job for us. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm keeping Nico and hoping that. Um, he's going to flourish into a decent player because so far this season, especially since he's gone out on loan, um, he's been one of, you know, Fulham's best players. And I think uh, he's done really, really well. So hopefully he can uh, come back to Liverpool and and put that into action as well for us. Yeah, I think it's all fair enough. Um, He's he's definitely been impressive since he's gone to Fulham. Um, And obviously he played, I don't want to steal your thunder, Dave, but he played left wing back last night for Wales. So there's a bit of added versatility, whether we'd need it at Liverpool, because obviously Simakas and Robertson is another question. But in terms of his experience as a player, he's definitely coming on leaps and bounds. Um, But I'll get your opinion, Dave, on what happens with Nico. Chloe wants to keep him. What what do you think? I mean... You mentioned there about about playing wing back. I do almost wonder, and I've seen people say this, whether that would be a more natural position for them. Um, sort of having that maybe extra defensive cover behind them, whether that's what would suit them best. I personally think Liverpool need to aspire to having a right-sided version of Costas Simakas, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've seen how beneficial that's been this season, and and we've seen that you can get players who you can fulfill that role without necessarily breaking the bank. I mean, Simakas only about 11 million. So my instinct at the moment would be to sell. And that's because I'm not quite sure that Williams is um, at the level of, of Simakas. Um, I think the drop off between Robertson and Simakas is small. Whereas here it's, um, it's pretty significant. You know, that's obviously in part because Trent is, the best in the world in his position. But maybe we could look to have a bit more strength and depth in that area. Having said that, though, he is doing well at Fulham. He looked good in that Wales game yesterday. He's playing with more confidence now, I feel. I used to think Williams played a bit. He was like a rabbit in headlights sometimes, afraid to make a mistake. He's not really like that anymore from what I've seen. So there's encouraging signs there. And maybe if he can sort of keep that up um, until the end of the season in this Fulham loan, then he will do enough to, to convince Liverpool and, and be given a sort of Simicast-style chance um, as the reserve uh, right-back. But um, what I'd say is that if Fulham get promoted and uh, it looks like that's pretty much nailed on at this point now they will, mm-hmm. I'd expect them to be very much interested in, in taking Williams permanently and hopefully being willing to pay a good amount. So I'd be, I'd be saying about uh, 12 million, maybe 10 to 12 million, I think. Um, and then that would uh, be able to reinvest. But it's, I'm not adamant about it. I think, you know, if he's, if he is given a chance on the back of this loan and his performances for Wales, and that would be a uh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so it's very conflicting sides there for me. Um, I suppose I've sort of got the final say on this one. That won't be the case throughout the pod. Um, I'd be with you, Dave. Um, I would be selling. Um, whilst I agree with all sort of the rationale behind keeping him, um, for me, I, my main thing actually with Nico Williams is I believe he will push for the move away, uh, like he did do in, in January, really. And there was even talk last summer 
after the Euros that he was keen to move on to get regular football. So I just don't think we can keep him happy playing what is essentially the permanent backup role. I just don't see how. We're quite lucky with Simicast that he's been willing to sort of come in and do that. And he's challenged Robertson, but I think he knows deep down that he's not going to sort of usurp him anytime soon. So, But I don't think we've got that in Nico Williams. We've got someone who's desperate to be playing football, which is which is no bad thing. Um, I just hope that his performances for Wales and obviously Fulham sort of ramp up that price tag slightly between now and in the season like they already have been doing and for me I'd be looking more towards the 15 million I don't think 12 15 it's in the world of football it's not a huge amount of money but I think we could probably push and get 15 for him as much as I think Liverpool need that backup right back um, I just don't see a world whereby Nico Williams agrees to stay and I don't think we can stand in his way in that situation so that's two for selling and one for keeping Nico Williams and um, and we'll move on now to another player out on loan um, in the shape of Nat Phillips, who joined Bournemouth in January. Um, I think on deadline day, I'm right in saying. Obviously, sort of the hero, saviour and legend of last season and the San Siro this year. Um, where do we see the future lying for Nat Phillips, Dave? It's a, a clear sell for me on this one, on the grounds that he's, pretty much surplus to requirements. You don't need five um, five really good centre-backs, five senior centre-backs, to be honest. Um, I think definitely the, the right decision from the business point of view would be to sell. And I'd be looking at sort of 15 million, maybe no less than sort of 12.5 on this one. Um, I think Bournemouth are in a pretty good position in the championship as well. So maybe there's a similar situation there potentially with, Fulham and Williams, you know, if they get promoted, maybe they'll give us a a pretty handsome offer to to buy him permanently. And yeah, I think it will be in the interests of sort of of both parties um, for that move. To be honest, you know, we talked about this before. I'm surprised that we haven't been able to sell him already, either in last summer's window or in January. I think Phillips is a you know solid Premier League caliber centre back. He's English, obviously, that helps with the sort of homegrown quota. Um, which factors a lot into recruitment sometimes. So, and, you know, obviously he's got Champions League experience as well um, and coming with that sort of Liverpool name behind him, I think I would have thought that would enhance his value quite a bit. So maybe it's just a case of we overrate him um, because of, you know, his contribution and maybe his sort of warrior-like defending. But I don't think so, to be honest. I think he's very much worth sort of 15 million. When you look at... um, similar sort of deals you know I think there's one that Liverpool always point to that when Nathan Collins went from uh from Stoke to, to Burnley I think that was mm. around that kind of amount and Liverpool are sort of saying well if it's a championship centre half coming up to you know a lower level prem side costing that amount then surely Phillips should be worth that too and I think that's maybe how they gauge the market sometimes so yeah for me a pretty useful sale to make and also like I say one that's beneficial for for all involved I would have thought uh, yeah I would have thought so as well um, Chloe I'll get your take on Nat Phillips and why as well please um, first of all when I read this list I took it as a case of um, the squad that we had now so um, I when I said Nico Williams I was assuming that we weren't going to go out and buy a, a, a yeah, better right back. Um, so, but with Nat Phillips, I'm exactly the same. I think 
Um, he's done the best that he can for us. He was an absolute hero for us. He deserves uh, game time and he just cannot get that here. Um, I've, I've seen him a couple of times at Bournemouth, but um, a few times he's just like, he's not been in the squad at all. So I don't know what, what's been going on there. But um, for me, you used to mention there, Nico Williams, 12 to 15 million. Well, my price tag for, for um, Nat Phillips was 15 million. And I think he's a much more experienced player just based on last season than Nico Williams. So, I'd put between fifteen to twenty million. Um, I think he could come into the the lower league, Premier League uh, side. Yeah, Taunton Burnley. I think he could do a, um, decent for Brighton, Newcastle, even. Uh, you know, there's a handful of teams there where he can walk into to their backline. I mean, I'd even say Evan. I really think he could do something at Everton because that Michael Keane's absolutely awful. Uh, so is Mason Holgate. So, um, for me, uh, a sell, um, and he deserves it more than more than anyone else. I think he, he, I'm thinking about him as well. In this case, of he just deserves to to go and enjoy his football and and get played week in week out and be a hero for that team on the pitch. Um, and wherever he ends up, you know, I wish him the best of luck. But I really do think he he should be playing in the Premier League. Um, maybe in in the bottom half of the table, uh, aside for them, um, because he, he's good enough for it. We always welcome a little bit of Everton slander on here. There's no no harm in that whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's a clean sweep on that Phillips. Um, uh, they mentioned like the fact that he hasn't already gone, um, which I was surprised about last summer. I think maybe he fractured his cheekbone, didn't he, in the San Siro, and he he never got the permanent move in January. I wonder whether that had something to do with it. But I think he'd have been the ideal signing for sort of one of the bottom three clubs or even anywhere near that mix, Everton again, um, to try and sort of get him out of trouble because he's the sort of defender you want in that situation, that no-nonsense. Um, and I'm trying myself to stop. I'm trying to stop myself saying he's tailor-made for Burnley, but he's tailor-made for Burnley. Um, but for <laughs> me, in terms of price tag, um I, I actually only think ten million. I actually only think ten million, um, to be honest. Uh love him to pieces, loves what he did last season. I just think we have seen his limitations now as a player. Um and as much as like Dave's writing and pointing to other defenders and what they've gone for, cough, cough, high Maguire, I just struggle to see a world where we get fifteen to twenty for him. I might be wrong, and if you want I to think, tell me I'm wrong. I, I, I think ten ten's low, to be honest. Um you gotta bear in mind that he He's only signed a new contract last summer, so we've protected his value there. And, you know, you are right that he has limitations. You know, he's... I don't think he's a defender who reads the game brilliantly. He's a bit, he's a little bit slow as well. You know, that's not any fault of his own. But in some teams, that is going to be a problem if they play high up the pitch. Yeah. But, you know, how many teams at the bottoms actually apply to? You know, you said tailor-made for Burnley. You know, any sort of team down down the bottom who does sit deep and defend, you know, mm. he's a, he's pretty much perfect for that, I think so. And like I say, when, when you look at like other deals for centre-backs and you have this this English factor as well, I don't know, obviously it's it's not a huge amount of money, but if Liverpool sold them for 10 million, um, even after giving them that contract last year, um, then I would, I think I'd be a little bit miffed by that, to be honest. Same. I, I think when I said 15 to 20, I definitely think he's worth 15. So yeah. that is me lowest end. Um, 
and the, because I think we were looking for fifteen million before them, and no one would pay it. I don't think, and I think we were all a bit surprised at the fact that fifteen million for Nat Phillips doesn't actually seem a lot. Um, because you mentioned Burnley there, and I don't know anyone who could do a job for Burnley as much as as Nat Phillips. Absolutely headers everything away. He's your old classic defender. Mm. Um. And I think he'd he'd be perfect for that football club. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And listen, I'm probably sort of the outlier here. I'm probably the one that's incorrect. Um, but I suppose the caveat to sort of the playing style argument that Phillips would be suited to down the bottom of the league, the caveat to that is the fact that those clubs, generally speaking, don't have as much money to spend as the top ones. So when they were coming to Liverpool for Phillips. We might be saying fifteen million, and they're like, "Oh, we we can't pay that." Burnley, you know, before they signed that Maxwell Corn, they never paid anything close to that, really. Um, so yeah, that's all I'm thinking. Maybe a promoted side this season might Fulham even again, or Bournemouth, like we say, um, might be looking to sort of cut the cloth accordingly, which teams haven't done in the past. But yeah, the main thing is we're all selling him for one price or another. We all think we should give him our blessing and leave. So that. Potentially, could be what happens. Um, so moving on to another centre-half. Um, I'm expecting a clean sweep on this one, so I'll kick us off on this one. It's Joe Gomez. Um, only a fringe player, really, in the sense of this season, I suppose, because I think he's played... I don't think he's played 20 matches yet this season. I'd be very surprised across all competitions. Um, has been sort of a mainstay prior to this year, injury aside last season, obviously. Um, his form, when called upon, hasn't been fantastic. I actually think he had his best game the other day against Nottingham Forest at right back. I mean, that was his, his uh, best performance of the year so far. But we've seen his quality. We know how good he is. Um, he can fill in at right back if needed. Um, the English factor comes into the thing in quota slightly. But above all else, we know he's an outstanding centre-back and sort of selling him or cutting ties with him this summer will be too soon for me. Um, I don't know what you guys think. I'll come, I'll come to you, Chloe, first on, on Joe Gomez. Yeah, I'm with you. I wouldn't sell Joe Gomez at all. Um, he's he's too good of a player. Um, and I think we, with Matip, there's always a chance that he's going to be rotated, especially if, if you've got, like, ski games um, a week. There's always a chance that he's going to get rotated. And Canate is new, he's been first choice over Gomez, but um Gomez had an absolutely horrific injury. He just he's had some bad luck at Liverpool. Mm. Um I think he was playing unbelievable and then did he do something against Burnley? Burnley absolutely battered him in, in that one game. He and broke he, his leg, Ben May, I yeah, think you're back saying, yeah. There you go. Um and you know, something happened at England, which I'm still not too sure what's gone on there, but you know, that's another horrific injury. Um, but we've saw the quality. I think, you know, the year we won the, the Champions League, he was a massive part of that. Um, the running for the league, he was he was a massive part of that. So um, he's got too much quality there for us to get rid of. He can become um, a third choice. He can become second choice. He's got the quality to become second choice centre-half. He just needs the chances. He needs to get the rhythm back. Um, it's hard to see where he's going to get those chances but when you're fighting for every cup like Liverpool are doing now um, you're bound to get playtime somewhere because it's just that hectic 
So, um, yeah, 100% wouldn't sell him because he also fills in at right back. We've not got Nico at the, the minute. You know, Nico could go um, if he is demanding more more playtime. Uh, the only the only thing with Gomez is he obviously wants to go to that World Cup um, and he can maybe demand that he wants to go out on loan. Um, and I think it's more likely that you'll see him go out on loan than you will be sold. I don't think Liverpool will sell him. But... Um, for me, I'd 100% keep him in the squad. Yeah, the loan point is a really good one. It's one I was going to sort of put to Dave. Obviously, we've both said keep, um, which is entirely fair enough. We both give uh, brilliant reasons as to why in terms of his quality. But Dave, I get your sort of overriding feeling what we should do with Gomez. But Chloe mentions there, there's sort of a chance that he might want to go and play football, potentially on loan. Do you, do you see it? Do you envisage a situation whereby that could happen? Well, I had this, I had this lone idea and I was down and I thought I was being really clever and now both of you two said that and I think that maybe not. Um, well, first of all, I'm a clean sweep on on keeping him. Yeah. Um, you know, we have the best centre-half depth in world football, I think I've said a couple of times, and I don't want to jeopardise that or interfere with it. The difficulty is whether he wants to stay, uh, obviously. And I have this mindset of in X amount of years, he will replace Van Dijk in the team and him and Kanate will be the long-term partnership. There's two issues with that. The first is that it is X amount of years. How long is a player going to be content to, to sort of sit around, especially when there's international opportunities going begging? And the second problem with it is... Is there, is there a guarantee that Van Dijk will decline to the extent that he, he has to come out of the team? You know, we've seen how well he's come back from this injury. And, we, you know, you also look at some players like Thiago Silva, the Italy mm-hmm. centre-backs at the Euros. You know, these are players who are sort of excelling into their mid-30s and, and beyond in some cases. So we don't know how the the longevity of, of the best centre-backs will change at the moment. So there's a bit of uncertainty there. I think on the loan idea, it's a good one to an extent because it helps Gomez. You know, I think there is only one international window between the summer and uh, the World Cup. So whether there's enough time there to actually get into the squad, um, I'm not sure. You know, he'd have to very much hit the ground running at whatever club he went to. So I think Aston Villa are, are interested mm. in him. That could be a good move. You know, you look at they'll, they'll hopefully be sort of a top half side next season. Um, if they 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 start really strongly, it might be hard for Southgate to to ignore them. Um, and I think there's also two other benefits. Number one, regular football, and we know how much that help him sort of re- rediscover his level. I think you know maybe that's the reason down that his performances haven't been amazing this season is is because he's sort of playing so sporadically. I haven't come back from an injury, and he hasn't had he hasn't been able to ramp up in the manner that Van Dijk has. And the other reason would be increasing his value. You know, if he goes to uh, if he goes to Villa, plays really well there for the whole season, I think he's a lot more. You can sell him for a lot more money potentially than you could if if you decided. Oh, you know what? Let's let's sell him this summer. Mm. And I think you know the example of that would maybe be. It's a strange example to use, but say Jesse Lingard, for example, if Man United had any sort of business sense at all. 
they would have been able to sell him for a good amount of money last summer. I think they were asking for sort of like 30 million or something ridiculous. Like, if, whereas if they'd asked for like 20, you know, that they've gained quite a healthy return there on the back of a, a successful loan at, at West Ham. So it's that kind of process, I think. Um, and it would depend on his performances. But what I would say is if we did loan him out, I'd either want like a, a recall clause, which you can kind of trigger at any time, or I think that we potentially need to keep Phillips around, which would be a bit harsh on Phillips. But like like I said earlier, five centre backs is is kind of too many. It's a it's a bit surplus. But we saw that um in the uh, twenty twenty one season that having three is uh, is too risky. And obviously we've got Fabinho can play there too. But I don't want to trigger Dan by uh, suggesting taking Fabinho out of a uh, midfield. So I think that would be the sort of drawback maybe is uh you'd have to sort of keep Phillips around and it's a bit it's not ideal for him really. Um and he's not maybe as well suited to sort of stepping in occasionally. So yeah, I think it's an interesting discussion to be had. But seeing as this is sort of keep loan sell, I think for me this is sort of the one case where I'd kind of entertain a loan potentially. Yeah, there are definitely plus sides to the loan, certainly from the player's perspective. And in a sense, from a Liverpool point of view, because we all want the very best Joe Gomez. And it's kind of, the proof's kind of been the pudding this season, whereby, like we've all said, when he sort of dips in and out of the team, we're not really seeing that. Um, he probably needs a run of games, and it's hard to see where he gets that for us. Um, so, yeah, there are sort of plus sides to the loan, but I think we've all just got to sort of hope that, well, keep is sort of the the verdict here, naturally and rightly so. But I think we've all got to hope that with sort of increased game time as we go along and, and another pre-season under his belt, maybe we can see the very best Joe Gomez at Liverpool next season and he doesn't need to go anywhere. Um, so, yeah, we will move on. Um, we'll move on to Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain um, at this time. So, sort of, I'll give a tiny sort of little bit of background. Um Year left on his contract, expires in 2023. So there's a serious question mark here over Oxley Chamberlain. Um, has done well in sort of fits and starts this season, I think, um, without ever setting the world alight. And it seems quite unfortunate, actually. I think I particularly remember in January feeling almost sorry for him because I think he had a really good run of games. And then when we got players back from left, right, and centre, he was just dropped out of the side and never to be seen again almost. And that was the one time I thought, that's probably a bit unfortunate, that. Um, so, yeah, he's an interesting case. He's an interesting case. And to kick us off discussing it, I'll come back to you, Dave. Um, keep, loan, sell, Octo Chamberlain and why? So, this one's a sell for me. Um, my opinion on Oxley Chamberlain changes a lot. He's one of them players, and it's sort of every couple of months, really, that I'll be looking at them in a different way. You know, you asked me this at the end of the season, and depending on how much he's played and how well he's played, that the opinion could change. I'll, I'll just be honest about that. But I think it's our last chance, really, to sell him, obviously, with that deadline coming up um, in 2023. And I'd like to think that we could make good money off it. I'll sort of come, come on to the fee in a minute, but um, hopefully his nationality helps us on that, on that score. I think he might be open to leaving. I did this article this week where I looked at um, all of Klopp's subs. And he's sort of someone who very rarely actually starts. You know, he comes on quite a bit, but even when he does start, he 
has only seen like 90 minutes like two or three times so like can you if you can imagine how frustrating that is to sort of never start and even when you do you're sort of getting pulled out the game um and to be honest sometimes that is just down to a um a, a bit of a mixed performance i'd say but if you remember when we had when we had ian doyle on here he said that we'll be looking to sign at least uh one midfielder mm-hmm. this summer and i'd like to think that you could kind of sell oxlade chamberlain and put the proceeds towards um, those deals and hopefully players of a sort of younger profile maybe and and uh potentially as well players who are a bit more robust although i think this season to be fair to me he doesn't seem to have had too many injury issues um when we did this last year oxlade chamberlain was also a sell um i think that was the sort of majority verdict on that so you know does that kind of point to the fact that he hasn't, you know, he's had a good spell of season, like you said, but does it point to the fact that it is just kind of stagnating a bit his career at the moment? I'd probably say it does. In terms of a price tag, um, I'm keen to sort of gauge your thoughts on this. I think, I always think that when they when a player comes from a team of this stature and they're English, um, and he's, you know, let me just let me just check how old he is. I want to say he's about 28. I would have said 28 off the top of my head. Um, yeah, he is 28, he turns 29 this summer. So he's still a decent age, kind of in that theoretical peak window. So I'm wondering if 15 million is, is too ambitious. I don't know what, what you two think about that. Okay. Um, I'm, my eyes raised slightly there. I get your thoughts, Chloe, before I uh, I go in on that. Go on, Chloe. This was one I struggled with mainly because when Ox signed for us, um, I was absolutely made up with the sign and he was. He's a player that I've loved and I've wanted him to do so well, and yet it's not quite worked out as well as you wanted to. I mean, I I always when we speak about Ox, I always go back to, to the time where we obviously played City in the Champions League. He got injured yeah. against Roma, and that Oxlade Chamberlain was a scary Oxlade Chamberlain for people to come up with. Um, he was he was electric. He was all over the park defensively as well. He was putting in tackles all over the place, and that's what actually got him injured, wasn't it? He'd sprinted someone down on the right hand side of the pitch. He'd um, he'd put in the effort to absolutely get over there and make sure that they couldn't, you know, get out and press them. And then in the tackle that he made, he did his ACL or whatever. So, um, it's it's a hard one for me. I, I want to say keep because I actually like Ox. Um, I just. I'm struggling because I think this season um, his chances have been few and far between and when he has had uh, the, the chance, I don't think he's necessarily grabbed it with two hands. You mentioned January where he, he did quite well um, and he was unlucky and I think we highlighted that but the, the, there's been games since where I've watched him and um, he's not quite been as influential as you'd want. He's not quite been the you know, he's been put in the kind of te- the kind of teams and and against the opposition where you think to yourself, you know, go and impress. You've got the chance to impress you. Go and get yourself back in with uh, a chance, and he's just not quite done enough. Um, so I think I think he'd probably uh, be sold, but for me, I'm still going to say keep. Uh, for the main reason of when you look down to the next two people on our list, I'm not going to say who they are. Um, but they've got something, those two players have got something to do with it as well. Um, you know, when we talk about squad depth and, and also 
I don't think we have like a proper attacking player who can change a game from the midfield. Um, I mean, we've got Harvey Elliott who he can obviously do that, but he's still very, very young. Um, Ox has got the experience and he's also not got what our midfield has, which is a lot of pace. He can drive with a ball. Um, he can get you on the front foot and drive at players and, and pull them out of position. So I'd keep him on the basis of I actually really like him as as a player. Um, I like him as, as a person as well. I, I love him. Um, and I really, really hope he at least fulfills the end of his contract and wins something with us even more. Um, and I, I want him to go out on a kind of high than uh, the kind of you're getting sold because you've literally been non-existent for us or anything like that. I want him to, I want him to go out with a, a run of games and I want him to go a bit like Adam Lallana where he was absolutely cherished and, mm. um, you know. Adam Lallana was loved and he he had many injuries at Liverpool. I think Ox hasn't had... I think in the last like year, he's not actually had that many injuries. He's just maybe not got the chances. Um, but, yeah, once again, I, I like him as a, a footballer and I'd hate to see him go um, and be sold, especially to another Premier League club, which is where I think he'd end up. You just look, look at him sometimes and sort of the games against Forest and knowledge in the FA Cup and you're just waiting for him to sort of put a stamp on these games because you know he has these sort of driving runs that he makes and he has sort of promising flashes within the games but yeah you just want him to sort of you know he is a player that we paid about I think it was the best part of sort of 40 million for and you want yeah. him to sort of almost look, look a bit more like that um, to be honest and I think that's one of the few pieces of business I look at from Liverpool in this club era and question the price tag certainly and I think you know what you're saying, Chloe, about you know going out on a high and things like that, and want to have a, a good send off. And you mentioned Lalana, who obviously left left on a free transfer. You know, obviously this has happened now with Wijnaldum and Chan, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, we know Liverpool have this this model of sort of self sustaining, and I just wondered if keeping players around, you know, we're obviously doing it because they. They're a valuable role in our squad, really. But is it the sort of best thing to do from a business point of view when we have, you know, potentially valuable assets? If he's got 12 months left, is it a case of, all right, we'll keep him around. He's, he's good for squad depth, maybe good for morale as well, like you say, Chloe. And he's obviously got plenty of experience playing under Klopp. But if you're going to lose out on a source of eight-figure sum, um, you know, because of that, you know, is that necessarily... The wisest thing to do. Can we afford to do that? You know, it comes down really to how much money we've got in reserve, I suppose. And that we sometimes keep our cards close close to our chest with that. I don't think anyone thought that we'd have the money to sort of throw at Diaz in January. So maybe it's not kind of as as tight as tight as I'm making it out to be. But yeah, I just I do wonder about that and uh, and the wisdom of it, to be honest. Yeah, I'm hoping that you know you win the big competitions, you get a lot of money. Um, so you know maybe that can help us. And I, I totally agree. I think he could go. Um, and if he did go, I could understand the reasons for it. Um, but I am biased. I like I, I adore everyone who wears the red shirt and and gives a hundred percent on the pitch when they when they try. And Ox was a player I fell in love with when he first came. I was into the hype all over him. Um, you know, and I think he's obviously not lived up to that and. I, I'm I'm upset for him because um, 
I feel like when he first came here, he, he really had the kind of, everyone was sat there like, oh my God, we've, we've got a very good player here. Uh, someone that, you know, we haven't seen for a while at Liverpool, driving up people, got the pace from the midfield. He can be creative. Um, and he's kind of, with injuries and everything, fell off a cliff a bit. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm being more personal than I am business here, but that's just the way I look at it. Yeah, never mix the two. You can't mix relationships and business. That's what we always say. Um, <laughs> I'm sort of in the middle of you two guys, if you be told, in terms of the assessment of Oxley Chamberlain. Um, I'm a big fan still and think he has a lot to offer. <clears throat> um, and I don't think, like the, Dave mentions the price tag there, I think he's just been unfortunate. It's hard to sort almost criticise the club and, and even the player for for how that's panned out, because I do think it's it's simply down to bad luck in terms of that obviously very nasty injury. Um, I think he probably would have lived up to that price tag and more were it not for that problem. You mentioned his form at the time, Chloe. He was, he was sensational. Um, at the start of the season, I actually sort of envisaged this sort of shootout between him and Naby Keita, who we'll come on to in a minute. Um, and without sort of spoiling the party for him, and I think Keita's winning that. I think we probably had to cash in on one of them, and I think Keita's done better. Um, another thing I will say is, is similar to players earlier on, I think Ox might want to move for his own good as well. Um because like like you say, Chloe, he has been relatively fit this season um, and he still hasn't really played a lot of football. He was very annoyed when he came off against Nottingham Forest the other day. I think he mouthed something along the lines of, I haven't played for weeks, which is fair because, you know, we're bringing players on who are in the side all the time and he's sat there waiting and yet he's still one that gets taken off. Like you say, Dave, I suppose he doesn't complete 90 minutes again. So for me, this is one to sell. Um, unfortunately for the Ox um, but I do think and Dave you might want to come back in I think we get more like 20 million for him because unlike Nat Phillips he's obviously very much Premier League proven now he's been he's been doing it for years and years if you go back to his Arsenal days he's still relatively young enough to do it at a top level um, he's an attacking minded player which you always get more money for anyway you add your English tax onto that I know the contract situation isn't great, but Liverpool are renowned for getting better money than they should most of the time. So for me, it'd be more like 20, um, but I'm happy to meet at 15, Dave. The reason I'm saying 15 and thinking that that's maybe a bit on the optimistic side is because of the, the whole contract situation. And I wonder if you've got clubs who would look at him this summer and sort of say, well... If Liverpool are going to ask for 20, then we'll just wait till January and we'll yeah. sort a pre-contract out. Um, and to be honest, I mean, it's interesting. It like I've, I'm looking at the, the table now and just thinking who's going to be interested. So I don't think anyone in the sort of top six would be, to be honest. Um, potentially West Ham. I think yeah. that could South be a, a decent for option for them. Southampton yeah, as well, where he's played before. Mm. Um, I think. I wouldn't necessarily rule out Villa, but I do think Jacob Ramsey is kind of quite similar to, to yeah. Oxley Chamberlain. They probably wouldn't want to go for that. So, yeah, there's there's a couple of options there. I think certainly West Ham seems to have you know a decent amount of money, so they could be willing to sort of pay up. And I don't think we can underestimate how much being English inflates a player's value. I mean, you mm-hmm. used the Harry Maguire example earlier, which is obviously the extreme one. I think I don't think he's at Man United at all personally if he's not English, um, just because of the level of the hype and how it affects your reputation, to be honest. So I think that is a big factor. 
think if we if we did get twenty, it would be you know huge credit to us for doing that. Uh, to be honest, but yeah, I'm thinking. I mean, look at his value on the you know that um CIES observatory who do, who do yeah. the value sometimes, and they were they were saying like less than ten million, which was a bit alarmed by. Um, to be honest, there's a big <laughs> variation in the sort of estimate here. Obviously, we're Liverpool fans, so we will see probably an, an inflated sum there. But mm-hmm. yeah, an interesting one. I do personally, I think we 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 would struggle to get twenty, but I think fifteen just about doable. That okay. um, Palace so, Palace sell Connor uh, Connor Gallagher goes back to Chelsea, doesn't he? Yes. So yeah. maybe Palace could be interested in him. Yeah, it's another good show. If they can't get well, Chelsea might need to keep. All Everton and Loneys, mate, and they, so we don't know what's going to happen there. So, yeah, Palace may welcome knocking. We like selling players to Palace as well, don't we? Um, I should just say at this point that we're sort of, I am tallying up the valuations of the player we've decided to sell. Um, and I'll give us like a grand sum at the end. And I'm going to give everyone, including myself, um, the option of one player to buy with that amount of money. So I'll give you two the heads up on that now because I've just decided to do it about 10 seconds ago. Um but yeah, so Oxley Chamberlain comes down as a sell. Um, I put it down as 15 million. Um, and I think it's probably the right thing to do for him. It also gives Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott a slightly clearer pathway if they needed it, potentially. Um, but yeah, we have sort of options there in those two youngsters. Um, so we'll move on and we'll move on to Naby Keita. So I'll kick us off on this one because I've already kind of... I don't want to use the phrase I was about to use. I've already kind of give the game away on Navigator in a much better way of putting it. Um, yeah, I I seen it as a shootout between him and Ox earlier this season because they're both out of contract in 2023. They both have fitness issues. So for me, it was quite simply a case of whoever stays fittest and whoever is most impressive in the performances gets a new deal at the end of the season in sort of like a, a wrestling cage match. There's a big suitcase at the top go and get it situation. Um, and Naby Keita has won that battle um, in terms of performances. I know he's got a slight knee injury at the minute, which hopefully is nothing particularly bad. Um, and I know he's had a small hamstring problem as well earlier this season, but generally speaking, his fitness has been much improved. And I think his performances have actually been really, really good. Um, he started a lot of games. He's completed quite a few games. Um and yeah, I think I don't want to go as far as coming of age season, but it's it's not far off from Navigator. So I am a firm keep um, on that. And Chloe, I'll get your opinion. When I was looking at this, I thought either Ox or Cater has to stay. Um, and I obviously said Ox stayed, didn't I? I mean, did. uh, once again, I'm not talking about business though. I'm not the owner here. I'm talking about your love. Um, I think. If you're looking money-wise, Cater's going to get you more money than Ox. So if we yeah. were looking for a player that was, you know, a decent uh, price tag and you needed to make up the funds for it, I think that's where you probably keep Ox and sell Cater. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you mentioned, I think Cater has been the much better player. Um, he's when he, when he's played, I think was it the Brighton game at home where he comes off and we just yeah. we just look deflated, we we collapsed from there on in. Um, I think you know he's he's had some really mixed games. I remember Atletico Madrid where he he plays unreal for the first fifteen and then he could be at fault for both goals. You don't you, you just couldn't work it out at times what he was doing in the game. Um, but I think it's been a much much improved season from Keita, um, and. I mean, 
I don't know whether I'd offer him another contract or not, but I'd, I think I'd most definitely keep him. Um, once again, I'm not doing business here because I've both kept Kate and Ox at this moment in time. Um, but I, I think Kate has been uh, a very decent footballer. Um, Henderson and Thiago can't complete 90 minutes at times. I mean, mm-hmm. and those pretty much always your first so when he's when he's on the pitch. So you do need the squad depth and Kate. Very good on the ball, um, you know, drags it up the pitch, takes a couple of players on. Um, and he's also been a, a much better defensive as well. So um I'd keep him, yeah. But saying that, if we needed I don't I don't want to give away who I, I think I'd want to buy. Um mm. so I won't I won't say it, but if we're looking at a player who could be a hefty amount. He'd be the player who I'd offload if we were looking to bring someone else in in that same position. Interesting. Yeah, I think you're dead right, by the way, in terms of it would make good business sense to be cashing in on Naby Keita as opposed to Oxley Chamberlain in terms of what you'd get. But in terms of like playing quality sense and you know, that slight element of business sense as well. You'd almost be better off keeping Cater and selling Oxen. Yeah. It's one of them, yeah. Uh, Dave, I'll get your opinion. So me and Chloe are both keeping him. What are you saying? Well, first of all, I've now got a strong suspicion of, of who Chloe's going to say. Same, but, uh, yeah, um, same. Good <laughs> same. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but uh, for me, it's um, it's a keeper on Cater. Um, I do think, I didn't really think about it this, this way in, in a sense. I was just sort of thinking, no. Um, Keep keep him on the books, but with his contract situation, I suppose if you are going to keep him this summer, you do kind of have to, you know, give him a new contract. And I think that would be seen as a potentially risky thing to do based on you know his availability levels, and we know the club can be a bit hesitant about about that. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised really if it does come down to sort of Ox or Cater. I would lean towards Naby. I think, like I said earlier, you know, his availability has been has been better this season. Um, to be fair to him, you know, not perfect still, but I think he's played sort of in the region now of about 20, 22 games, which is okay uh, for this stage of the season. And I think his performance has been really good. I think he's matured as a footballer. You talk about coming of age, Dan, and, and maybe so in, in terms of, you know, we, we thought about this player who's going to score, score wildies and sort of be kind of a bit explosive at times. And, Whilst he does still have that in his locker, you know, against Atletico and, and Palace, I think he scored two great goals. He is more understated now, and I think he's almost as, assumed a, a kind of Genie Wijnaldum-esque role in some ways. So, yeah, for me, it would be a keeper as a, almost a reward for his performances. There is an element of risk there, obviously, but I like what I've seen from him this season, and I think he deserves to be kept around and, and given a new deal, albeit one I don't think... That, that it don't think it'd be wise to maybe give him a massive pay cut and maybe we'd only be looking at wouldn't be looking necessarily at a five year deal, maybe just something like a another three or something like that. So a, a bit tempered, but yeah, case is definitely a keep for me. Yeah, I think I think that's a very fair point in terms of the new deal. Um I don't think you'd be sort of splashing out on him because we've seen how unreliable he can be, unfortunately. Um but like I say, like you say, I do think he deserves a a reward and certainly another tilt at Liverpool Football Club beyond this season because the Gini Wijnaldum comparison is a really interesting one because he has sort of 
they developed this season into a more calm and influencing midfield, which is which is really impressive. Um, so yeah, definitely deserves to stay. Um, James Milner, next. Um, I'll stick with you, Dave. Um, where do you fall? This is a more interesting one for many reasons, because obviously his age is sort of the outstanding factor in all of this. Um, I believe he's at a contract this summer and nothing's really been decided on it. Correct me if I'm wrong, please. Um, so yeah, Dave, where do you fall down on this? Well, he is out of contract this summer and this is a difficult one because I think this is really the first season, as far as I can recall, where Milner's looked his age. Mm-hmm really so I think a lot of Liverpool fans would maybe be thinking is now the time to give him this move to Leeds that we've been talking about for years or to sort of you know bid farewell really the reason I've gone for keep on this is because Jurgen Klopp is obviously determined to keep hold of James Milner you know he publicly spoke about that he's publicly really put pressure on on the club to keep him and that says to me that he values him you know, we know how much he brings him on. You know, I talked about the substitution thing earlier. I think he's come on something like 14 times this season. You know, we know how much he values his contribution. We can have a debate about how sensible that is maybe another day. But it's almost sometimes you have to default to trusting the manager. I think he's kind mm-hmm. of earned that. And I think, you know, Milner's intangible impact is, is, is huge. And how many young players talk about that. So... I'd be keeping him for that reason because um, I don't think it, it's it's almost not worth risking upsetting the the harmony. Um, I think by by getting rid of him and just maybe keeping him for that extra year. Having said that, though, and I think it's a point we made. I want to say after the Norwich game in the FA Cup, his role for me should be in domestic cup matches now um, and in league games that are probably won rather than needing still to be sealed. To be honest, um, just given the, the the level he's at now, um, to be honest, so I think that would would be how to sort of make use of him, and obviously, he can he's really valuable behind the scenes as well. And I think one thing that's just occurred to me as I'm saying that is maybe he thinks that he should be playing a lot more still, um, and that he would have the opportunity to do that further down the Premier League. So obviously, you know, sometimes we talk about these contract situations, and it's just like. Are the club going to give him a new deal? But it's it's not so much give him a new deal. Sometimes it's offer him a new deal. And maybe he'll sort of think to himself that it isn't necessarily worth it. Um, and maybe he will want to sort of, you know, he doesn't know how many more years he's got left in the game. Maybe he will want to go and go and play at this point. So, yeah, interesting element there. But for me, like I say, because Klopp is clearly so keen to, to keep him around, and that, that's what I'd be doing. Yeah, um, I'll I'll back that up. Um, I'd be keeping him. I've actually wrote down keep coaching um, because that's where I see his future, obviously, not too far from now. You mentioned his off-field influence um, with youngsters. He turns up at academy games, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I still think on the field, the reason we sort of mentioned domestic cups is because they're often heavily rotated sides and you've obviously got youngsters playing. Um, he can be a real sort of beneficial influence on them on them players in them games. Um, the Leeds thing was kind of always a bit of a 
a sort of warped fairy tale from a Liverpool fan perspective. I think we just all thought, oh, yeah, that'd be nice. He'll go and play for Leeds, but he may not even want to do that. I don't think he'd ever said that. Um, Leeds, obviously, sort of in danger of getting relegated, potentially. So if that was to be the case, he almost definitely wouldn't want to go and do that because he probably still envisions himself as a Premier League footballer, which I think is probably accurate. Um, so we may just have to accept that sort of mentor, coach, slash occasional comes on and gets booked player for Liverpool. Um, Chloe, what are you saying? Um, I'm saying that it's a really good job that I'm not doing the finances at Liverpool Football Club because I tell you what, I wouldn't be making any fucking money for years. Um, I'm keeping James Milner. I'd offer him another year contract um, and I'd, I'd keep him just for the basis of, of what you guys have said of uh, the mentality in stores the the you know he's always there for every player to um coach them to help them along um he's always vocal and obviously you mentioned uh, the 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 other cups that he, he can come in and play in uh, very vocal on the pitch and absolute leader um and you can clearly tell he's adored by everyone at Liverpool Football Club including Jurgen Klopp um, the thing with Leeds, I actually thought he'd like seriously wanted to return to Leeds and finish his career there. That's what I, that's what I heard. I've it's clearly a lie, though, isn't it? Um, so I, but that's what I thought. I thought you know he wanted to finish his career at Leeds, and um, if that is the case, that's when you'd worry about if he's going to go because um, he's probably going to think to himself, "How many more years do I have left here?" Um, yeah, he's obviously the the fittest lad in the squad, but um, you have to say that he's had more injuries this season than he has in any other, um, and he's not being able to play at the ha- at, at the level that he did uh, years ago. I mean, I remember when he was one of our midfielders against PSG. He was literally, do you not remember that Champions League uh, run where he was constantly in there, mm-hmm. um, and everyone was like, what is this midfield three? Like, they just can't hack it at the moment. We kind of struggled with all three of them in there. Um, But he was a massive part of that midfield at one point. He's not as massive anymore, but he's bigger off the pitch. Um, So I would keep him. I'm just worried that if he does want to uh, finish his career at Leeds, which could be a made-up story, um, he's probably thinking, how many years do I have left? I, I might have to do this now. Um. So yeah, uh, but that that also depends if they go down, doesn't it? So, uh, but for me, offer him another year contract and keep him. Yeah, I think that PSG game. I think him and Neymar had a couple of interesting run-ins, didn't they? If I uh, remember rightly. Yeah, he, um, he put a tackle in with like five minutes into the game, and yeah. the atmosphere got up. Yeah. Right which is what he's, which is what he's sort of renowned for, and I can remember him coming on in the Barcelona game late on and basically lying on the ball in the corner um, to finish things okay. off. There was the moment a few weeks ago with Curtis Jones, I think he sort of pointed him to the corner and that's what he's got. Yeah. He brings that experience. Um, just to say, about uh, Milner and Leeds, I've, be, I've been looking it up. Just oh, yeah. Because I think we've had to sort of establish whether it's um, imagined or not, <laughs> to be honest, um, and whether there's any substance to it. So, there's some quotes here from Milner that are sort of dated from July 2020. Mm. Um, and he says, you never know in football um, what's around the corner, but I just want to contribute and win as many trophies as I can for Liverpool. Um, and then he says, I'm biased, but I think the Premier League will be a better place with Leeds in it and it'll be weird to play against them next season. 
So it's that that sounds to me like someone who definitely would consider it, to be honest. Um, yeah. And he's called the fans incredible too. Um, and when you, he sort of says, "You never know," it's a bit like it, it almost says to me, "If they if they offer me the deal, then I, I'd kind of be up for it." So it's uh, yeah, I do think there is actually someone in that potentially. Sorry, Dan. Though. Sorry, no, it's fine. Yeah, it would make sense when it. I was going to say before we we got that substance to it, it would make sense. I'm pretty ninety nine percent just sure. And he was born there, boyhood club, started his career there in like nineteen eighty four, whatever it was. So uh, yeah, it would definitely make sense for him to return at some point. Um, just to say as well before we carry on, um, with all these keeps, I really hope the football club have sold some of them NFTs because this summer transfer, <laughs> this summer transfer budget needs filling out somehow. Chloe, do you want to come in? Um, no, I was just laughing at that NFC thing. Oh, <laughs> it's absolutely no one go on Twitter. It Liverpool Twitter is up in flames. I know people are not happy, like not <laughs> happy. Um, but like I say, at the minute we're us keeping off the squad. We're going to need some dough somewhere. So, and yep, um, I don't think Chloe, you may as well stay with me. I don't think we're going to get any dough from this next player no. because no, I want to no. come to you first on this one. Um, Takumi Minamino, please. Keeping um, would not sell Takumi Minamino at all. Um, we all know my love for Takumi Minamino, and um, he's proven it in cup competitions this season alone. Um, he's been absolutely sensational, and uh, he can feel kind of hard done by in the sense of he practically got us uh, to the league cup final, and then obviously misses out. Um, but I, I just think for me. Um, you don't really know what's happening with the front three. I mean, I think Firmino's contract runs out in 2023. I think Sadio mm-hmm. Mane's contract runs out in 2023. Um, and I think Minamino is he's a quality player. He's so good with his back to goal. Um, his link-up play is brilliant. And I think you've seen this season how good he can be. Um, that knowledge game, before he scored, he deserved a goal so much because of what he was putting into the game. Um, and I think with a run of games and you know some coaching along the way to help him, um, I think he'll be brilliant. I, I really do believe he's he's a boss player, and um, I, I wouldn't be selling him at all because I do think we have a gem if we can somehow fit him into the system and make him uh, work within the system. I remember, I, I don't know who we played, but Jurgen Klopp for the last five five or so minutes put him at um, right centre mid. And it just was not okay. <laughs> He's not a centre mid. Um, and he was getting a load of backlash when he was, he just came on and being put in centre mid out of nowhere because we need something. Um, and he was getting a load of backlash. And I was like, the lad is not a centre mid. I'm not really too sure what you want him to do there. Um, so for me, I think he's he's a quality player. You don't know what's happening with the, with the front three. The player that we're going to move on to next, I'm assuming, you know, won't be there. Um, so I think he'll be a really good squad player at the minimum. And I think he can be even better than that. Because I do see sim- uh, similarities between him and Jota. Jota isn't um, the kind of... I, I don't know. I just feel like he's he's an absolute deadly finisher. Is one touch in and around the area. His dribbling's brilliant. And I think Minamino has really, like good signs of that. Um, he's obviously just not being given time in the Premier League and I think it was Crystal Palace he does absolutely brilliant and then he gets loaned out out of nowhere um, so I, I don't think he's had the, the, the opportunities yet but 
Um, I'm hoping that he does and I'm hoping that he, he succeeds because I do think his quality is ridiculous. And if we did sell you, you'd have to get that tattoo lasered off, wouldn't you, Chloe? So that'd, be, <laughs> that'd be annoying. Um, Dave, I'll come to you on a Minamino, a resounding keep there from Chloe. Well, um, under under Bloxham, we're going to have a 35-man squad next season by the looks of it. But, um, <laughs> it's okay. More to come as well, guys. <laughs> yeah, and the signing's coming to it. But, um, yeah, it's a keep for me as well. I think he's really made progress this season. His goal return is brilliant. He scored the same amount of goals as Bobby has, albeit, you know, playing domestic cup games uh, quite a bit against maybe weaker sides. Um, I think we've got sort of five quality attackers now. We don't know how long they're all going to be here, but that makes it difficult for Minamino to get games and it might be a sort of similar role next season to what he's had this year. So I think the question is whether he's happy with it. Um, And if he is, and if he wants to stay and fight for minutes. And if, you know, I, I think we talk a lot about, you know, every player wants to play, obviously. But maybe there's an element of the environment at the club and the opportunity to win things, you know. He went on loan to Southampton. Say if he went to a club like that, he's not really going to win anything, is he? You know, he might play more football, but I don't know. Sometimes I think that playing for Liverpool and, you know, a club of that stature and, you know, gaining those medals potentially is that maybe a more attractive proposition than playing sort of starting thirty games for a, a team lower down the league and maybe not making, you know, not being in the sort of part of that history. I don't know. It's it's just a theory. But if he did want to go, then we couldn't really stand in his way to be honest. And hopefully we'd make a a decent profit on on investment for him. Which you know, considering we were quite shrewd with that, we hopefully could. But yeah, I'd be I'd be keeping him around, uh, to be honest. And uh, yeah, we'll come on to the the other forward in a second. But I think of the two, partly because of fitness, Minamino is probably the one who would be sort of slightly ahead pecking otherwise for me at the moment. Okay. Um, and in what I'm calling my 2022 version of Joel Matip, I would have sold Takumi Minamino. Um, and it kind of all boils down to what I've always said about him, if I'm being honest. Um, and you can close your ears now, Chloe, if you want, and you can take off your headphones. Um, I think he's a very, very good player. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, whether he could step up to the level that we operate at is my biggest question mark. Um, I'm yet to see it, if I'm being honest. Um, all of his good moments have come in. Um, the majority of his good moments have come in domestic cups or that obviously 7-0 rout over Crystal, Pal- Crystal Palace, um, which is sort of a lesser Premier League opposition. Um, I mean, listen, has a, has quality, um, can offer something to the side, but I think if we want to sort of talk about next level, I don't think he's part of that. Um and it's more so for his own sake as well. I, I do see him as being a footballer that wants to play. He's, he's certainly not a kid anymore. I think I'm right in saying he's probably about 27. Um, we signed him for just over seven and a half million. I think we could triple that and some, maybe get 25 million. And thinking with my business head on, I think if you get 25 million for Minamino um, and put that into the coffers for the summer, we spend that particularly wisely. Um, yeah. I so don't think on, we've Dave. necessarily be able to get that amount but I do think there was an element of I mean with this whole Minamino deal I think it's a bit different to a lot of Liverpool recruitment in that we sort of buy him 
off the back of a game against Anfield where he yeah. kind of ripped us apart and everyone in our dressing room is saying, but the hell, he's, he's really good. I think we should maybe have a look at him. So it was kind of a bit unorthodox recruitment-wise in that sense. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's elements of, hang on, he's caught our eye. And then we look at his release clause, we find out that it's just over, I think it was just over 7 million, wasn't it? We think yeah, to ourselves, then, yeah. there's a lot of sort of upside there. You know, if he comes in, and he can make that sort of step up from from the Austrian league, then they're brilliant. You know, we've got him, and he's in an absolute bargain. But if you know he doesn't, and I think you know maybe he isn't the standard necessarily of a top six Premier League side. Um, maybe he's an effective goal scorer. We this season he's certainly been that. But if he isn't, maybe willing to able to make that huge sort of step up that's fine and we can make a, a good amount of profits on him so I think that was maybe part of Liverpool's thinking to be honest and they could hopefully at the very least double their money for him um, but yeah like I say with with me it would be a keep but when he's sort of sixth in the pecking order then you know there is certainly an element there of is it fair and, and would he actually want to stick around yeah precisely um, there's definitely an opportunistic signing from Liverpool Um and I think in terms, I think Leeds have been interested in him in the past. I think there's interest from Monaco, I want to say, and Napoli. So I do believe if there's sort of really strong interest in the summer, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Um, but I'd also have no qualms of keeping him uh, whatsoever. But um, like I say, I do think if someone came with sort of 20 million and upwards on the table, I think that'd be hard to ignore. Yeah. Just to interrupt again, really, um, <laughs> what I would say is uh, I think those Leeds links were. Uh, when Bielsa was manager, I want to say, and now obviously, but Marsh has worked with yeah, him before, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah, now now Marsh is manager. That's the thing, isn't it? Like, if Leeds were in, if he was already on Leeds's radar, and now they've got a manager who I'm yeah. sure would love the chance to to work with him again, and in the you know probably the same. Then yeah, maybe that could be a move. But mm. if yeah, if there is to be sort of an offer from the Premier League, that would probably be the logical one, wouldn't it? Yeah, you'd think so. Yeah, you would think so. And like I say. You know, certainly this Carabao Cup one, he's been outstanding for us this year, so take absolutely nothing away from him. Um, I just have reservations. And I always go on about the fact that how often he's overlooked on the bench. That's my, I can't get away from that fact. When we need to change a game, we need something to happen. The amount of time Klopp doesn't turn to him is what worries me. And not only that, his loan spell at Southampton, he scored that one really good goal against Chelsea, but aside from that, it never really worked for him. So... Listen, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope, like I say, it is my Joel Matip, who I would have sold this time last year. Um, and we're talking about him in a completely different light as the Premier League top goalscorer this time next season. Um, I really hope that's the case. Um, but that's a keep, anyway, so there's half a chance that could happen. Um, and last, but in no means least, in any list, we turn to Divock Origi. Um, I'll start us off. Um, it's an interesting one, obviously, because he's at a contract in the summer. I believe there's a one-year extension we could potentially still trigger and try and get some money, but I'm not sure we will. And it looks like he's going. Maybe it's one of the Milan clubs. I think both are interested. Um, so for me, he will be sold. Um, with all my blessings and all my love in the world, but Divock Origi will be leaving Liverpool Football Club this summer. The end of an era, let's call it. Uh, Dave, I'll come back to you. What are your thoughts? Well, the contract option is, um, I'm pretty sure, appearance-based. So he has to play a certain number of games for it to uh, come into effect. I don't think he's going to. So 
it looks like our only option is to basically offer them a new deal. And I don't think we can do that, to be honest. Um, he's been better this season when he's played last season. The 2021 season, he was really poor, I thought. Um, but this season, he has been, you know, he's looked much brighter when he's played. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe last summer was the, the time to sort of actually cash in on him. It looks like we're going to lose him for nothing. And obviously, he'll get, you know, an amazing send off. And hopefully, he has another big moment in him before then. But, yeah, the way it's looking now, I don't think he's going to be getting this, reaching this appearance limit. You know, you got noises coming out from sort of Sky Sports this week, pretty decent outlets, and saying that AC Milan are in pole position to sign him. It's so it sounds like we're not going to reach that threshold, um, and that he's sort of locking it moves away. So yeah, it looks like um, it's going to be almost the end of it, an era in, in that sense. But I don't think Liverpool it makes any sense really for Liverpool to give him a new contract. It arguably didn't the last time um, they did so. But one thing I was going to ask you two about this actually was what what do you think of the decision to keep him around until now and maybe miss out on, you know, we've demanded a lot of money for Origi in the past. Mm-hmm. Should we have reduced those demands and cashed in? You know, have we missed out on it, on a decent um, decent influx of, of money here? Or, or was it the case that it was more valuable to keep him around. I'd personally be sceptical about that second part. Yeah, so would I. Uh, I think we probably have missed out. And it's an interesting one because as much as the club runs as a business, like you said earlier, it's almost self-sustainable. And generally speaking, they're quite savvy in what they do. They have developed the knack of allowing this to happen every now and then. It's not sort of as bad as Arsenal. Arsenal are the world's worst for allowing sort of big contracted players to, to leave for free. Um, they did it with Aubameyang in a different circumstance recently, obviously. Um, but yeah, we have, obviously, you mentioned Emery Chan, Gina Wijnaldum and now Origi. You know, we're talking probably around 60 million, potentially. Maybe I'm overshooting that slightly. We probably just let this appear for nothing there, um, which kind of goes against what the club and FSG want to do. So I'd say we probably just about made a slight error on the Origi front. Um, as much as we wouldn't have seen the Wolves' last-minute winner and potentially other goals, and who knows what will happen between now and the end of the season. But, yeah, in terms of finances and business, I'd say we have made a slight error on this one. Um, Chloe, your thoughts on that and your thoughts on Origi generally? Um, I think we probably maybe did miss out on, on a bit of money, but if he if he scores a, a goal in the Champions League yeah. final to win yeah, it, exactly. then it'll be absolutely worth keeping hold of him wearing it. And um, that would be something that Divock Origi would do, be... Not really existent, and then come out of nowhere and, and score a goal. That Wolves goal was absolutely brilliant by him as well. I didn't think anyone else really scores the type of goals he does. No. Um, and yeah, he's obviously being sold, and um, it will be an extremely sad day for the football club because of. I don't think I've seen a mad footballer in my life. I've really don't. Um, and I absolutely adore the lad. He's gave me some of the best moments of my life. I mean. I tell you what he has done. He's gave me several bruises on the cop because that last minute winner against uh, Everton, absolutely all over the gaff of that. Barca at home, at, like he's he's injured me plenty of times by making me celebrate. Um, but it's been absolutely brilliant to watch him, and um, sad to see him go. But I'd I'd really like him to go and get first first team 
uh, being the first team for someone be be the 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 goals man for someone and he was uh, I remember when we speak about him he, he was a brilliant brilliant uh, goal scorer for us when you know we we first had him um we thought he was absolutely brilliant and express thing and then we've came here with and we've you know we've now got a from free that will be known forever um and he missed out on it after after an injury and several things not going right in in his career but uh, yeah, he's gave me some of the best moments of my life. So um, I wish him all the best, and I absolutely adore the lad. Yeah, I uh, couldn't agree, couldn't agree any more to him. Like I said earlier, he goes with all our blessings. Um, and what a man, what a player he's been. Um, so yeah, one player we haven't mentioned actually, and I just want to get your very quick thoughts on this this person. He kind of popped into my head while we were talking. Is um, Ben Davis still plays Liverpool Football Club? Um, what happens to him in the summer, Dave? Um, well, it's weird we signed him. I can honestly say I've never seen him kick a ball, <laughs> even though we signed him like nearly eighteen Such months ago now. Uh, um, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know. I don't know how much he's played uh, for Sheffield United. I think he's played a decent amount because I've heard some sort of positive noises. So I don't know. It just seems, doesn't it, like it was a another opportunistic deal, yeah. um, which was weird because of the time and of it when we had a lot of centre backs going down. But hopefully sort of upper end of seven figures, maybe 10 million um, okay. for him because of that English thing. But that might be a little bit optimistic in his case. It, I'd be amazed though if he wasn't if he wasn't sold this summer. Yeah. And Chloe? Um, truthfully, I, I just don't know. He, he's got to go. I've, I've got no idea who the lad is. Honestly, I've not got a clue. Um, I just... <laughs> The the closest I've seen to him was, uh, well, to him in a Liverpool shirt was when he first signed and he literally had to put yeah. it on for photos. Aside from that, I don't think I've ever seen him. Um, so, I mean, wish him all the best, but seriously don't know if he's any good at football. So, um, for me, I'd sell him, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's pretty much a conclusive one. They just like I say, it just popped into my head the fact that we actually still own him as a footballer. It's just bizarre. Um, I'll quickly run through um, what we've got then. Um, what our summer could potentially look like if the Reds unrestricted trio have their way. Um, we're selling Nico Williams for what worked out as twelve point five million. Um, we are selling Nat Phillips for what worked out as fifteen million. We're keeping Joe Gomez. We are selling. Alex Oxley Chamberlain for 15 million. We are keeping Navigator. We are keeping James Milner. And we are keeping Takumi Minamino. And we are allowing Divokarigi to leave, let's say. And I've thrown the Ben Davis 7.5 million into the hat as well. And that brings us out at a nice round 50 million. So, like I said earlier, with Maybe something out of the back of John Henry's sofa and some of that NFT <laughs> money coming in. Um, what are we doing with 50 million and a bit, guys? Um, Chloe, you might have to top up yours quite substantially. You might be baking into your own savings if I think. If I, <laughs> I don't think right. I have the money for that, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> so, who will we um, signing, Chloe? Enlighten us. You've mentioned 50 million. I mean, you know what? I, I'll sell off. I'll 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 go okay. against my word and I'll sell Ox if it okay. if I'm going to sign too many. Um, okay, seventy million. Uh, I, that's nice. Yeah. I went with a player that um we've been linked with, so it seems a bit more realistic. Um, 
and he, he looks brilliant. He looks a tank. He looks box to box. He's really good. Um, heard a lot of good things about him. Um, and you know we've we've been linked with him, so hopefully there's there's some truth there. Um, but it it'd be nice to get a, another midfielder in in the sense of. Um, you've just mentioned. We, I mean, we went through Milner, Cater, and Dox, who all could leave. Yeah. Um, you, you're hoping Liverpool won't let all three of them leave because then we're in a bit of a difficult situation. But then you also mentioned the fact that Jordan Henderson is getting on in age, can't isn't always making ninety minutes. Thiago, who's silky with the ball but doesn't necessarily always make ninety minutes. Um, so you know, I, I think a, another decent centre mid would be would be a good addition. Yeah, um, I couldn't agree anymore with anything you just said, quite frankly. Um, word for word. Um, Dave, what are you saying? Uh, I was going to say him as well. In the interest of variation, um, I think potentially Gravenberg from, from Ajax. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to bring in kind of a young midfielder this summer. If we, if we can't get Bellingham, I think we should certainly still look at that age bracket. There's a few gaps in the squad, isn't there? There's sort of back up right back, back up right wing, maybe Fabinho support. Um and we could do with um, another mid- midfielder or two as well. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be looking at uh, Shermany or uh, whose name I can't, I can't seem to Carvalho. say. Carvalho. Carvalho, potentially, as well. He's yeah. um, hopefully, hopefully we're able to get him on a free uh, transfer, but I think there's yeah. potentially quite a big compensation payment that needs to be made as well. So he'd be a nice one to bring in. But, yeah, um I'll say I'll say Gravenberg in the interest of a bit of variation, but I do think it's interesting, isn't it? You look at all these players who aren't necessarily massive in your squad and who are, you know, potentially going to be leaving soon with contracts anyway. And if you do, you know, open up to offers for them, then you can almost find yourself paying for a, a player who could, could be a star for you. We also yeah. never really uh, replaced Genie Wijnaldum, did we? If we're no. being honest, so. Um... And if he's anything like Genie Wijnaldum, then I'm I'm fairly happy. Yeah, um, and mine would have been uh, too shimeni, Um and I'm gonna be corrected on that pronunciation for the next few years if we do sign him. Let's be brutally honest about it. Um, and I'll probably never learn how to spell his name naturally. Um, it'll probably never be off the cuff. Um, but yeah, I'm more than happy for that. Um, the only other one I probably would have thrown into the mix if I wanted to be different, because we've said his name a lot, would have been Rafinha um, from Leeds as that backup right winger, because um, who knows what will happen with Mohamed Salah. But I'm not willing um, to start that conversation right now. But Chloe, please go. I was just going to say, is Saka running out of contract at Arsenal? Yeah, but they've already started uh, negotiations, oh, I think. Yeah, because he would have been a good sad. shout. Yeah, and similarly with uh, Martinelli on the other side, I think he's yeah. a player we'd be very much interested in. But I think you two are both right. I do think the midfielder situation is the most important one. And Tuchemeni can do that six role, which we sometimes don't have if Fabinho's not around. Um, he's young, he's he's brilliant. Um, and 50 million that we've just raised here in the space of just over an hour, we'd sign him. So why not? Um Dave, I'll come to you for any final... In fact, I'll come to Chloe for any final thoughts first because Dave likes to sign off with something in particular. So, Chloe? Um, no real final thoughts apart from Paul Joyce has just said that the FA Cup semi-final yeah. is uh, on April 16th at 3.30pm kickoff, mm-hmm. and the FA will charter 103 return bus services from Anfield and the Etihad. 
Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, that's not bad, yeah. is it? That's not um, bad. The boss I mean, thing's not so, bad. Um, yeah. That's all I can say. I'm, I'm actually pleasantly surprised. I seen the time. I knew the time, but I didn't know about the bus thing. I'm actually pleasantly surprised, to be honest with you. I didn't expect that. Um, Dave? Yeah, I've just been frantically looking up how to pronounce um, this Monaco midfielder. <laughs> I, I want to say it's like schwa, like schwa mainly, but that sounds a bit too, too much flair. I'm there, just to going to too much flair for this yeah, room anyway. Hopefully it's um, an, an issue that we have um, going forward, because that would mean that he's, he's a Liverpool player, but He's brilliant on FIFA, if that is any indication of how good he may be. I'll tell you what, <laughs> Steve McManaman and Robbie Savage falling over that surname next season is something oh, I cannot dear. wait for. <laughs> We've been way bad, dear me. Well, I was watching, there was this game um, in the Europa Conference League um, between Leicester and Wren, and um, I think they had a player called like uh, Bo Rizzo or something like that. And Jermaine, Jermaine Genus, he just could not do it at all. He was just like, he called him Boojoo at one point, I think. So I was like, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to, to that. One thing I will say is um, having Rafinha as a backup, can you imagine that? That's an incredibly crazy level of, of depth, but hopefully that wouldn't mean, that wouldn't point towards Salah going. No. But yeah, in terms of final thoughts, usual stuff. Um, we've Thanks to the people who've rated the podcast, five stars on Spotify already, please. Um, do so if you're enjoying it, and also subscribe to the YouTube channel where we post clips of the episodes, and that's in the episode description. So, yeah. Cool. Well, hopefully everyone enjoyed that, because I certainly did. Um, and I've just thought about Paul Merson trying to pronounce his surname as well. That's terrifying. Um, but yeah, anyway, that'll be all we've got time for. We'll be back um, before we are back in action uh, with Watford and Benfica, and I'm pretty sure we've got a little special Benfica lined up for you. So, yeah, until then, Take care and thanks for listening.